Hello, you are listening to a Capital Reviewer podcast in conversation review. Capital Reviewer is the London culture website where you can find reviews on film, theatre and art across the capital. Go to www.capitalreviewer.com. I'm Kathleen Bondar, founder of Capital Reviewer, in conversation with contributing editor Susan Gray, who also writes regularly for national newspapers and magazines. In this podcast, we're taking a look at the British Film Institute production Lynn and Lucy, directed by newcomer Faisal Boulifer, featuring Roxanne Scrimshaw as Lynn and Nicola Burley as Lucy, two working-class mums in their late 20s, living on a council estate overspill in a deprived London borough. When Lucy's newborn baby dies under suspicious circumstances, the reignited friendship between the schoolmates rapidly deteriorates. Fronted by Lynn and her co-workers from the local hairdressers, the outraged community on the estate weighs in with irreparable consequences. The director, Faisal Boulifer, certainly deals with some dark and tricky issues for his first feature. Lynn and Lucy is a gritty and dispiriting film in many senses, but it is one to watch, not least owing to the leads, and I think this is a pertinent place to start our conversation. So, Susan, Roxanne Scrimshaw is streetcast. How did you find her performance? I found Roxanne Scrimshaw's performance really impressive and resonant. She embodied, and I do mean the I do mean the word embodied, um, that incredible desire in many working class people to be respectable, that um, a sort of citadel of working class respectability, which is a real driver in working class life. And also, as Lynn, um, her desire to control the narrative of the story, I thought she did superbly. Yeah, there was a lot of really good things in that performance. Yes, yeah. I think that's something very interesting about it, really, is that for a a non-actor, the director, Faisal Boulifer, did quite well in um, making sure that she didn't have too much to say there were a lot of lengthy close-ups and few words and she was uh, supported by her 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 co-protagonist the co-lead Nicola Burley who plays Lucy um, another uh, a woman actually who was a non-actor originally as a teenager uh, now is a, a professional actor in her her own rights which is quite a, a good indication that um, you can come from uh, non-acting background and make a career. Personally, I wonder whether Roxanne Scrimshaw will do that. It, the only time will tell. She, being street cast, she's cast as herself, and playing yourself is a very different uh, ball game from playing completely different characters. And I think that's um, that's where the the test will be for her. But she did very well in this role. What struck me most was if you took away the mobile phones and the computer games, this film could have been made in the 1950s. (laughs) The female characters had very little agency over their world. Um, They had very little mobility, either social or any other sort. I mean, the only place, the only reason people left their locality was to go to hospital, court or prison. You know, they really, did, they really did feel stuck there. Um, and I, was, I also thought that the two characters seemed to fall into those very sort of 
easy stereotypes of one being a slapper and the other being a drudge. Yes. Um, and I just would have liked something more nuanced. Um, I thought also on, on of... that note, to be honest, Susan, that um, it, for me there, there was a, a, a bit of a tricky indictment of, of, the, of, of the women's friendships that a lot of the women were um, portrayed as, as quite judgmental, begrudging smiles, bonding together in a pack against the, the outcast. Um, the, even the little uh, daughter, is a, she lies to curry favour. And um, that, that I didn't feel that there was, despite the fact that they were supposedly long-term friends since primary school, that there there was a breaking through that level of finding out what was actually happening for the women and how they, they really felt. It felt quite judgmental and um, you know, staying away at a distance, observational and the, the the female friendships from that didn't feel to me as if um they were much more than than quite uh, defensive against each other yes there was a fragility and a precariousness about everything good in their life and i think this was sort of you know, to sort of you know, stand in the place of tragedy and of course everything bad in their life seemed to be sort of weighing up against them um, at a speed of knots. In terms of the kind of bitchiness and competitiveness, one of the things I actually liked about this film um, was the depiction of the hairdressers um, where Lynn gets some work because I thought uh, um, the director had really captured that upward mobility, um, that business-minded... Um, aspect of working class life. I thought he'd captured that really accurately. So I was quite taken with the hairdressers. Well, well Jennifer Lee Moon, who plays the salon owner, is uh, 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 fantastic actually to watch. Uh, she does. She is the one with the begrudging smiles and the. You know, she's very, very polished, very manicured. But um, you know, she, she's obviously the leader of this of this pack, and her, uh, you know, manicured good looks actually keeps everybody in line I um, mean but Bulifer is interested in in why why would oppressed people turn against each other and I think that comes out um you know, he, he's very focused on that but to the point where it's would be more of a question why would friends turn against each other there's also the issue of the men in the film, or rather the lack of them, because I don't want to go all Joseph Campbell and um, wounded heroes there. But the um, two partners in the film, Lynn and Lucy, both just seem completely impotent. Um, they're they're, they're, they're um, props, really, aren't they? They're not... Yeah, they're ciphers. There is the, the literally wounded Paul, who kind of you know, limps about the house, and the child man Clark, um, who is wrapped up in his who is wrapped up in his computer games, or or very possibly worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. So once again, there is this lack of dynamism, this lack of mobility. I was just thinking back to a very early scene in the film where Lynn is, as ever, behind her steam iron and 
behind those gusts of steam. And she's saying to Paul how much she would like to go to a safari park, as if this is this is the pinnacle of her dreams, that they could go as a family to a safari park. And, you know, the uh, the wounded Paul, of course, thinks this is, you know, this is far too much. That even even in their imagination, they are tied down in this film. And again, um, I feel that's just, that that's just a long way from the truth. Well, another interesting thing is the, um, the, the, the style of the film that um, Budafer talks about, Alan Clark and Fassbinder as influences. Um, he says they both offered unflinching portraits of their characters. Uh, that, well, obviously, that's what um, that's what Budifer's trying to do as well and, and succeeding in lots of ways. But the uh, comparisons for me would be uh, more around the kitchen sink dramas from the British New Wave, the 1960s, Kathy Come Home Ken, by Ken Loach and, um, you know, Mike Lee films and, and so on. And in fact, it was um, the, the producer, the um, Camilla Bray, who actually worked with uh, Ken Loach and Ken Loach's uh, son, Jim Loach. And isn't it refreshing to watch a British movie that isn't starring former Footlights? I mean, that, that just that, that, that feels so sort of, that sort of feels so out of this world. I think we can both agree on that one, Susan. That's a that's a very a very good point and a, and a, a, an uplifting ending to our, our review. So um, thank you very much. Uh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Capital Reviewers In Conversation Review by our editors Susan Gray and myself, Kathleen Bondar. For written reviews with glossy photos, go to www.capitalreviewer.com. You can also find relevant information on showings across London and links to online viewings. In this podcast, I'm reviewing St Francis. Writer and lead Kelly O'Sullivan plays Bridget in this fortunately unsentimental, humorous American indie movie. Bridget, a 34-year-old, intelligent, low achiever, with a top sense of humour, packs in her waitressing job to care for six-year-old Francis, Ramona Edith Williams. Whilst Bridget navigates a hapless love life, which results in a tricky abortion, Francis's mums struggle with their newborn baby and the ensuing toll on their relationship. Her Sullivan is wonderfully charismatic on screen without being manicured. Her observational humour is priceless. She manages to play this offbeat, witty 30-something without force or dramatics. O'Sullivan doesn't compromise when it comes to addressing abortion. We follow Bridget into the clinic and witness the consequences of the medication. These scenes are actually quite funny. They're also refreshingly underwhelming. There are no ensuing, wistful, yearning-to-be-a-mother scenes. At the same time, Bridget enjoys looking after Frances. She is perfect at caring without mothering. The relationship between Bridget and Frances is a joy to watch as it ebbs and overflows. Both adult and child give as good as they get. Both have insight and understanding. Both develop a strong affection for the other. Frances has an equally right take on life, coupled with the endearing innocence of childhood. Her character is cleverly observed, well directed by Alex Thompson and played to perfection by young Ramona. The relationship between Frances's mums, Maya, Shireen Alvarez and Annie, Lily Mojekwu, is woven into St Francis without assumption or undue comment. 
It is, however, slightly less rounded, perhaps because it isn't central. There is a lot of passive toxicity between the couple for most part of the film, and then all of a sudden, towards the end, they collapse in heaps with their weighty problems. What the relationship does effectively is bring the everyday experience of racism and homophobia to the screen without fanfares. There is a Black Lives Matter banner on the family's lawn, but it's pretty makeshift. The most poignant scene comes when Mayer is rudely confronted in the playground, bringing pervasive prejudice, homophobia and racism combined into sharp focus. O'Sullivan is a master of understated meaning and wit. Her ability to tackle difficult and yet common female experiences is commendable and quite simply invigorating to find on screen. You can find St Francis on CurzonHomeCinema.com or in Cinemas Now. Director Alex Thompson, cast Kelly O'Sullivan, Ramona Edith Williams, Lily Mojekwu, Sharon Alvarez and also Max Lipschitz as a pretty cool boyfriend. Frances has an equally wry take on life, coupled with the endearing innocence of childhood. Her character is cleverly observed, well directed by Alex Thompson and played to perfection by young Ramona. The relationship between Frances's mums, Maya and Annie, is woven into St Frances without assumption or undue comment. It is, however, slightly less rounded, perhaps because it isn't central. There is a lot of passive toxicity between the couple for the most part of the film, and then all of a sudden, towards the end, they collapse in heaps with their weighty problems. What the relationship does effectively is bring the everyday experience of racism and homophobia to the screen without fanfares. There is a Black Lives Matter banner on the family's lawn, but it is pretty makeshift. The most poignant scene comes when Mayer is rudely confronted in the playground, bringing pervasive prejudice, homophobia and racism combined into sharp focus. O'Sullivan is a master of understated meaning and wit. Her ability to tackle difficult and yet common female experiences is commendable and quite simply invigorating to find on screen. St Francis is in cinemas in July 2020 or on Curzon Home Cinema, directed by Alex Thompson, cast Kelly O'Sullivan, Ramona Edith Williams, Lily Mojekvu, Sharon Alvarez and Max Lipchitz as a pretty cool boyfriend. In this podcast, I'm reviewing St Francis. Writer and lead Kelly O'Sullivan plays Bridget in this fortunately unsentimental, humorous American indie movie. Bridget, a 34-year-old, intelligent, low achiever, with a top sense of humour, packs in her waitressing job to care for six-year-old Frances, Ramona Edith Williams. Whilst Bridget navigates a hapless love life, which results in a tricky abortion, Frances's mums struggle with their newborn baby and the ensuing toll on their relationship. Sullivan is wonderfully charismatic on screen without being manicured. Her observational humour is priceless. She manages to play this offbeat, witty 30-something without force or dramatics. Sullivan doesn't compromise when it comes to addressing abortion. We follow Bridget into the clinic and witness the consequences of the medication. These scenes are actually quite funny. 
they are also refreshingly underwhelming. There are no ensuing wistful yearning to be a mother scenes. At the same time, Bridget enjoys looking after Frances. She is perfect at caring without mothering. The relationship between Bridget and Frances is a joy to watch as it ebbs and overflows. Both adult and child give as good as they get. Both have insight and understanding. Both develop a strong affection for the other. Frances has an equally wry take on life, coupled with the endearing innocence of childhood. Her character is cleverly observed, well directed by Alex Thompson and played to perfection by young Ramona. The relationship between Frances's mums, Maya and Annie, is woven into St Frances without assumption or undue comment. It is, however, slightly less rounded, perhaps because it isn't central. There is a lot of passive toxicity between the couple for the most part of the film, and then all of a sudden, towards the end, they collapse in heaps with their weighty problems. What the relationship does effectively is bring the everyday experience of racism and homophobia to the screen without fanfares. There is a Black Lives Matter banner on the family's lawn, but it is pretty makeshift. The most poignant scene comes when Mayer is rudely confronted in the playground, bringing pervasive prejudice, homophobia and racism combined into sharp focus. O'Sullivan is a master of understated meaning and wit. Her ability to tackle difficult and yet common female experiences is commendable and quite simply invigorating to find on screen. St Francis is in cinemas in July 2020 or on Curzon Home Cinema, directed by Alex Thompson, cast Kelly O'Sullivan, Ramona Edith Williams, Lily Modjekvu, Sharon Alvarez and Max Lipchitz as a pretty cool boyfriend. <laughs>